Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay. Uh, good show today. Greg Peterson, Jeff Schwartz on the NFL, Dan Bestbris on the NBA, Drew Dinsick standing by to talk Winter Olympics with us. Special numbers game investigation reveals that the Winter Olympics starts on Friday night. We got bets for you. Uh, we'll talk basketball and football with him as well. But first, obviously, uh, the news this morning, Jeffrey. Tom Brady uh, officially retiring after 22 seasons and seven Super Bowl titles via the Gram. If you were retiring, Jeff, would you do it via Instagram? Is that Would that be your medium of choice? No, it would not. What if Schefter beat you to the punch? Well, then um, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, again, we were... We, we, we did say it two, a week ago. A week ago. We week were all ago. over it. I was getting to that. Here's the statement, though, for Tom Brady on Instagram. It is a, a nine-slide, eight of which are – eight of which is text uh, on his retirement. But here's the one that matters. I have always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. If a 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There's a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I have tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career, and now it's time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. And there it is, Tom Brady off into the sunset. Uh, What is noteworthy about the other seven slides of this is that he goes on to thank his Bucs teammates, the Bucs fans, the Milwaukee Bucs, the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Bucs. I mean, everything Bucs. There is not one mention of the New England Patriots in there, is there, Jeff, at all? Not to my knowledge. Not a single word. Not a single word. No Belichick, <laughs> no Kraft, no New England, no Foxborough. Nothing. All Buccaneers, all Tampa. Wow. Buck Rogers. Everything Bucks. Not a single mention of the Patriots. Tom Brady, good for him. And you're right, Jeff. Uh, we could sit here and we could say, hey, look at us. So why don't we say that for five seconds? A week ago... Um, yeah, we had this. We just sort of went through the ruminations of why would you say out loud about the commitment to your wife and the commitment to your kids? Uh, why would you say that publicly if you weren't going to follow through on it? And uh, we end up hitting that bet. The yes, we, we talked about the, the prop that existed in faraway places at that moment, the prop that existed. Would he retire before week one of the 2022 season? 
And we were incredulous that the yes was, or excuse me, that the, um, you know, would he retire, that the yes was plus 440. By the time I stopped talking about it, people who listened to this show banged it at plus 440. We end up getting it at plus 398, plus 367, plus 340, plus 316, and plus 294. Bingo, bango. Uh, sometimes we run into one, don't we? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, we'll see if we can run it as more. I'm, I'm just still surprised that the the off the uh, the far away uh, place has got it that wrong. Well, the market got it wrong, yeah, right? There was only one. Do I will give um, Alan Berg uh, of uh, WinBet some credit, uh, even though they didn't put it up. The hypothetical line he said was about where, where I was. He has said it last Monday at minus two ninety, which was about right. Remember I went through that whole thing? If my girlfriend's mad at me, would I say it out loud? You know, it's just, I don't know. Some things are tells to me. Let's bring in Drew Ditzik from the Deep Dive and Bet the Edge podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. There it is, Drew. Tom Brady. Off into the sunset. Good for him, man. Like, I know you can't always do it on, you know, after winning a Super Bowl or winning a title like Jordan did in the NBA. But if you're going to go out on a loss, that was a pretty darn good one to go out on. (laughs) I mean, uh, I... Fully acknowledge I did not expect him to win uh, a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay at all. I thought uh, what we saw at the end of his time in New England was a pretty clear signal that he was trending down. And not only does he turn around in one year and win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers team, but uh, this year, I mean, reasonable people with reasonable takes would still tell you he was a better candidate for MVP than Aaron Rodgers, who yeah. will likely win the award. And I mean, to go out on a, a season where you effectively performed at an MVP level is absolutely absurd. Um, and realistically, you know, Buccaneers win a couple of games and finish number one seed in the NFC. Who knows? We may be talking about them going to the Super Bowl, even with all those injuries. Um, so it's, it is absolutely crazy that the end of his career has been as solid as it has been. Um, and, uh, you know, we're definitely going to miss him in terms of the betting uh, you know, those of us in the betting space, I mean, I have fond med- memories betting Tom Brady uh, throughout the years. First ever kind of meaningful future I ever cashed was this 2001 team of destiny with the Patriots. So uh, obviously a soft spot in uh, in my gambling heart for yeah. uh, the greatest of all time. And uh, realistically, um, you know, it's it we are going to be spoiled. And I, you know, even the perception of a guy like Mahomes having a, you know, a bad half of football and being like, how could this be? I mean, (laughs) some of that is because Tom Brady, like, honestly, like Tom Brady won his first, what, 10 ever playoff starts and made it look like, like he like set the bar and, you know, gave, you know, gave us the, you know, skewed, skewed perception because uh, of how clutch he was in those moments. And uh, uh, realistically, uh, the likelihood that we'll ever see it again is, is nil. Maya, that's a great point about Mahomes. How is this? How is this possible, Tom Brady? You're right. Tom Brady had something to do with that. My my gambling tie into Tom Brady is that those who ran predictive models for the NFL for many years, and this is when I used to be with Dr. Bob. We had an NFL guy who will go uh, unmentioned because uh, I'm not trying to embarrass him, but his his model would always come up with value against the Patriots. And it would be the case week after week, week after week, week after week. And finally, we would have to say to him, I'd be like, here's, you know, maybe there's something that's not being captured in this, right? Maybe there's a Belichick thing or maybe there's a Brady thing that you just can't keep fading this team. They were model proof. 
You know, that that's the thing. They were model proof. And I'll just say this in closing on this. <laughs> I just want to repeat it again. He, the city of Tampa, the Bucks fans, the Glazer family, Buckaroo Bonsai, Buck O'Neill, like anything Bucks, not a single mention of the Patriots. I find that a little fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that divorce was kind of, I mean, it was covered fairly, I thought, in the media, but it still seems like that was pretty nasty. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, one final thought on this. Uh, I'm glad I didn't mush this because I congratulated you a little early here before we sort of had the second confirmation here. Oh, no. We, even, was, I, even when I we got, even when we got the prices on this. Yeah. Even when we got the, the feedback, oh, it's not done yet. We, it was kind of like it's done. He just wanted to do it on his own terms kind of thing. Like I never was like, oh, no, maybe I didn't win. Thank you, though. <laughs> Thank you for even caring as not much that those bets. Um, one other thing before we get to all your stuff and we'll do we'll do all the other stuff. So we'll give it full breath after the break. But this is Crack and I, Bill Krakenberg and I had this uh, conversation yesterday via text, and he's coming on the show Thursday. And I had a, a similar conversation with uh, Bill Aidy also about this. And I mentioned on primetime, which is Super Bowl props this year. So we've gotten to the point now, three and a half years after, the, after PASPA was ruled unconstitutional, May 14th of 2018. Who could forget the day? And now we've gotten <laughs> to the point where DraftKings and others of that ilk right, have put out, you know, props, like, right as the championship games end. Not all of them, right, but the boilerplate ones first, and then they're rolling in quick. And so what used to be the case here, I'll just sort of throw it to you if if you agree with this, you know, it used to be this quaint thing here in Vegas. We're on a Thursday night at the Westgate, right? It was this big event. All the sharp bettors would be there, people who made their hay, who made their fame on it. They'd get to the, you know, they'd bet their their things, and they'd go to the back of the line, they'd bet another. It was like this major event. And slowly as the years went on, it got a little earlier and earlier. And now with this, is the Vegas thing over, man? Like, is it done? Because there's not going to be any numbers anymore, right? That's a really very interesting question. I'm going to say it's not. And mostly that's just because if you are a player prop originator, the likelihood that you have high liquidity at some of these shops is pretty small. <laughs> I think there's still uh, a good chance you're going to be able to get a larger bet down in Vegas with the paper tickets. Plus, a lot of the people who do this for a living, like they need the paper tickets for you know for tax purposes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's uh, there are. I don't know that you can submit the uh, you know the Excel spreadsheet with. You know, hey, I bet into all these different accounts at <laughs> all at, of these, you know, legal yeah. shops. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that's a thing. But I, as far as I understand it, at least having those paper tickets was somewhat important. Um, so I, I'm going to guess that it's not entirely over yet. Um, and I also think that, uh, you know, in general, um, some of the the fun or at least the way the reason no one was standing in line at the Westgate to get a bet down on like, um you know, Julian Edelman over receiving yards. You know, it was the it was always the uh, the more interesting, um, more complicated, more difficult to correctly price um, stuff that I think people really kind of went to town on. And that stuff, I think, is still you know that stuff will st- will still be available only kind of in you know with the with the massive offering that is you know is, exists in Vegas. Now, all that said, I do think that the Super Bowl market is as sharp as it's been as quickly as it's been. Um, you know, the fact that we're here at four, four and a half and it's, you know, there's, you know, we're, we're just haggling over price at this point is, uh, is somewhat telling. 
Um, and, uh, you know, so the, the idea that there's going to be some, you know, massive edges in this market just in general this year, particularly, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, asking a lot. Yeah. I'll have to, you know, I'll have to ask Rufus about that. Rufus Peabody, our buddy who, uh, who made his yeah. hay more than anything on, uh, on beating Super Bowl props, him and his team back in the day. Um, I'll have to ask him because I, I don't know. Maybe he did do Julian Edelman over yards, right? Like I can't remember <laughs> if that was. I well, think you're right. Think, mostly not, but I wonder if he was able to beat those kinds of things too. Yeah. No. I think I think one of the bigger deals is you you wanted breadth, right? You yeah. weren't necessarily like trying to get a lot down on on a couple of props. It was more about like, oh my gosh, there's so much breadth here, and there's going to be some soft markets across the space uh, and I think that's still real and as far as I know Rufus is still you know he's still getting massive liquidity in Arizona and, and oh, Las Vegas for in sure. person in person so, yeah. so you, know, e- you know even this year so I'm just wondering if the Vegas part sort of dampens a little we'll come back Winter Olympics basketball football next Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please, as always, gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Drew Densick, kind enough to join us once again on a Tuesday morning from the Deep Dive podcast. And, of course, NBC Sports Bet the Edge, the former he does with Andy Molitor, the latter with Sarah Perlman, wherever podcasts are distributed, at whale underscore capper. All right, we got a lot to get through. Uh, NBA, and he plays tonight. Let's get through the administrative part of this quick. This is an awful card, honestly. Uh, and realistically, there's not uh, no, no real rust advantage tonight um, and uh, no super solid looks. The only thing on my card so far, I have Toronto at minus two and a half. Miami's limping into this one. Toronto's playing real, real well at home. And honestly, they're playing well. You know, they're playing well right now. That's been a little bit disguised by being on the road of late. Um, the other edges I have. You know, small edge on Detroit, but they're two and a half point favorites, and that team is <laughs> that team is ridiculously I don't, I don't bad. Really so want to bet I, that. I can't get there. I yeah. can't go there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, similarly, Denver, I have an edge at plus five, but. 
that's only that's only pricing in a 50-50 chance that Jokic goes. If Jokic does not go, then that thing is like probably going to nine. So can't get involved there. So Toronto is the only look for me tonight. All right. Jason Weingarten and I used to say that with baseball. It's like, do I really want to spend the next three hours betting the Tigers? <laughs> do I really want – is that really what my life has come to? <laughs> you know? Pistons are, Pistons are your new Tigers. Yeah. All right. Uh, football, Super Bowl 56, sort of burying the headline because of the Tom Brady stuff at the top. For those who missed it, Tom Brady officially retiring now. Instagram after 22 years. Uh, Super Bowl 56. First of all, congratulations on your Rams. Well done, <laughs> sir. Got it done. Rams, was it started at four, went down to three and a half. Fours came back. We even see some four and a halves out there. What do you like here? Uh, I mean, my fair is four and a half, so I have a small lean to the Rams. I would guess that the market comes in on Bengals. People talk themselves into the dog here. Just because of the, you know, just the nature of this matchup and, uh, and, you know, there's not a clear and obvious um, advantage, in my opinion, at least for Cincinnati in this game, the Rams pretty obviously have the, you know, both the offensive line and defensive line trench, you know, trench uh, massive mismatches. Um, and if that's what the game comes down to, then, you know, a Rams win feels likely. However, McVay is not a guy that uh, gives you a lot of confidence in terms of his in-game decision-making. Um, you know, certainly a lot of their wins in, even in these playoffs to this point feel <laughs> like McVay, you know, he kind of handicapped them a bit. Um, he coached you know, notably, two awful games in a row, man. Two. Unbe- yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's due. <laughs> maybe he's yeah. due for not a stinker. I hope. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm obviously very, very hard, you know, cheering hardly hard for the Rams here. Um, but, uh, you know, I think reasonably, um, uh, you know, the, the true right way to attack this is probably going to be in the prop market in some way. Uh, most of the uh, kind of meaningful action that I've seen on this game so far has been on the under. Um, and it was kind of, it was at better prices than 48, and a half. But, uh, you know, my fair total on this one is 47 and a half. So I still have a, a little bit of a, uh, a lean towards the under here ultimately. Um, and I think uh, a ton of that comes down to the fact that you know, the, again, kind of the most likely outcome here is that uh, Rams dominate in the trenches both ways, which would indicate that the Bengals have trouble scoring and the Rams may be able to play keep away to a degree. So a uh, little bit uh, fewer possessions, lower scoring game in general. Uh, and we'll say uh, Rams win, uh, uh, you know, something like 24, uh, 17. All right. Nothing says winter Olympics like Drew Dinsick or the other way around. Nothing says Drew Dinsick like the winter Olympics either way. Um, or as John Stewart used to say in his famous quip about the winter Olympics, less sports than drunken dares, which I always thought was the great line about the winter Olympics. You're all into it. You handicapped the bejesus out of this. Uh, and we, uh, you know, again, a special numbers game investigation reveals that it starts Friday night. The opening ceremonies Let's go through some of these. What are you thinking here pre-flop? Yeah, some of these markets may close early because some of the uh, qualifying for uh, freestyle skiing and some of the qualifying or, you know, round uh, round play for hockey and curling, I believe, starts tomorrow. Um, but uh, overall, Jeff is not. Yeah, go ahead. Jeff is like, yeah, yeah he, knows, so he, he knows, knows, he knows, he knows, this, he's totally so he knows curling, sure. um, <laughs> <laughs> So overall, uh, the offerings are like ridiculously garbage compared to what we had for the summer Olympics. Oh. It's not even close. Oh. It's not even close. I know. So this is a heartbreaking story here. It you is. just can't get it. You, you can't get a good bet down uh, at all. And uh, the handful of edges that I've kind of 
you know, kind of come across. Um, there's not, they're not even offering markets for it. Like, you know, you look right now at like who's expected to win the most gold medals. Norway is like the massive prohibitive favorite to win most golds. I find that to be ridiculous personally. Uh, you know, they're projected to win something in like the 20 ish ballpark. I would take basically any offering of Norway under gold medals right now. If it's in the 20 ballpark, my Ooh. fair for them is 16. Uh, and my fair for Germany and Russia is, are like a 13 and 12 respectively. So uh, personally, I like the potential that there's a wild surprise in some other uh, country scoops most gold medals. Um, and, you know, this is not a very complicated handicap. Uh, Norway dominates the Nordic events. They're expected to scoop a massive quantity of golds in the cross-country skiing, the ski jumping, and the Nordic combined. Um, outside of that, they have a decent chance at a couple biathlon golds, a decent chance at a couple speed skating golds, a decent chance at a couple alpine skiing golds. But definitely, they are counting, you know, the way that the, the metal market now, that metal tally now is counting on like a couple of athletes to have like the games of their lives. Like uh, there's a you know, Norwegian woman uh, cross-country skier named uh, Teresa Johaug. Uh, and she's expected to win four gold medals in this games in terms of just if you look at the individual market prices, she's won one gold medal in her life and she's 33. Uh, she's coming off of mm. the greatest ever world championships of her lifetime. which might have been the meat of her lifetime in 2021 in Ober, uh, what was it? Obersdorf um, and the likelihood that she repeats that success in the cross country events i find to be i'm i'm a skeptic uh, cross country skiing is a little random uh there are other norwegian women that may be you know better than her obviously that doesn't help my Norway under, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the cross country skiing is a little bit, is a little bit random, uh, and athletes peak at random times. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, you can, I, I think just in general, as you look across the winter, uh, games and the winter games markets, um, there are prohibitive favorites in certain sports that I think are laughably overpriced. Like th this is a much more random than some of the summer Olympic stuff. Uh, and none of these None of these athletes have ever competed on these in these venues. No one in the alpine skiing has ever skied this mountain. They, in, wow. in fact, it is it is wide open because uh, you know, because over the normally in a normal cycle they have a world championships at that venue. They get people the opportunity to uh, to compete on that ice on that snow. And because of the wow. pandemic, no one's been to China. So this is going. There's going to be some chaos in these markets. People and could I think be flying general, off the mountain. I mean, I don't want to be dramatic <laughs> about it. But I mean, it's well, like, actually, I mean the the word the word on the street is the alpine skiing courses are pretty easy. Oh, honestly. okay. They're they're, tr they're talking them up like. Oh, this is, it reminds me of the birds of prey course in Beef Creek. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like there's no way that there is a, there is a, a slope in China that it, it emulates the, you know, the, the most difficult course on the world cup circuit. So no, I think in general, it, this, it's going to be pretty flat. There's, you know, there are going to be some dog prices that come in here. Uh, and in the metal markets, I'm against Norway. I'm on Russia. I'm on Canada. I'm on Austria. I'm on France, I'm on Sweden, I'm against Netherlands, I'm against the United States, and Germany, I think, is fairly pressed. Wow, that, that was rapid fire. So, but the, yeah. but the big one is if you can find Norway at like 20 and a half in total number of goals, people should go under on it. Yeah, so basically any, any Norway under 19 and a half 
is is fine to take an under on Norway. I'm fine with that. Germany should be priced around 13. Russia, if you can find an over 10 and a half, I think that's a fair play. Uh, United States under nine and a half, I have some action on. Canada over eight and a half, I have some action on. Netherlands under seven and a half, I have some action on. Uh, Austria over five and a half, I've got action. <laughs> and uh, there's one more. Sweden over six and a half, I have action. And that's and I can't find a I can't find a France market. If anyone knows where there's a France mo- uh, gold medal tally market, please send me a note. Hey man, you can come on this show and ask for people, <laughs> ask people to solicit markets for you all the time, or solicit markets from folks. So that's total gold, total medals. Did you yeah. do anything with gold medals? That market? No, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Those were those were gold specific. Those are gold specific. All, those were all gold specific. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To- total total medals is a little bit more chaotic, and and certainly uh, I would stick to the gold medal markets okay. and, and and skip skip the total. Medals. I'm glad. I'm glad we made that clarification. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So that's that's to win the that's to win gold medals, uh, if right. you can find the country by country. Uh, and apparently, Jeff, I may bring Jeff is a big fan of curling, and you were admonishing Ooh. Kelly Bidlin on primetime action the other night because he dared suggest that he wanted to make some bets on curling. Jeff is a big curling fan, but what we learned from Drew is that apparently it's the sharpest market out. It's like the most calibrated market there is. is that, yeah, you know that, who that, puts that, out that curling numbers? For these Olympics, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. You know, because uh, Ken, Ken Palm puts out curling numbers. Does he? Yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy, once again. Drew, thank you as always, man. Appreciate it. Uh, if we don't talk before the Olympics, enjoy. Hey, best luck, guys. You too. Drew Ditzig at whale underscore capper. A little bit of everything with him. We'll come back. Dan Bespris on the NBA next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Our sixth. Can't believe that. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and I will. Uh, be there with Mike Pritchard as part of the BetCast for the game itself. Stormy Bonatoni will run point for the entire uh, day on Sunday. So we look forward to that. She's got the Bob Costas uh, role going in there. Uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Uh, I was mentioning uh, my, my thoughts on the Tom Brady retirement announcement. <laughs> Who came up all bucks and no uh, Patriots. Jason H11, Buck Rogers, appreciates the shout-out by you and Brady. Uh, Grayson Rossi, I hear you on the not mentioning of New England and the Patriots, but isn't that what Canton is for? He's going in a Patriot, not a Buck. For sure. For sure, Grayson, but it's a little odd that he didn't mention the Patriots there, isn't it? A little bit. Trip Tepper. Thought I saw a Buck Williams mention in there. <laughs> Everybody's Norman Vegas. A Buckaroo Bonsai shout-out. No matter where you go, there you are. And don't forget, uh, one of the characters was Perfect Tommy, and mostly Perfect Tom retired today, for sure. Um... Norman Vegas also letting me know that Israel has a ski team in the Olympics. What? Is that true? The great nation of Israel has a ski team? How is that, po- How is that possible? Oh, man. Now, Phil Weiss, although I will not be in an, on Olympic action, the spot with Drew was informative and enjoyable. He always brings it. Yes, he does, man. He always brings it. And this one is from uh, PJ Sooners 23. Tomorrow is the day where the Washington football team announces their long-awaited new nickname. For those of us who grew up on this franchise, it's the day of hell because nothing is going to please us. 
Uh, PJ Sooners 23 says, Hi, Gil, with the announcement tomorrow on February 2nd of the new Washington football team nickname, any chance it could be the Groundhogs? Bro, that's a great name. That's a great name. It's not going to be that. It's they not. Are, they are announcing it on Groundhog Day, though. That's what he's. That's why he's saying it. Now, here's the thing. Here's why that's such a clever nickname, right? Groundhogs, ground, right? Football, maybe your heavy running team. The throwback to the nickname Hogs, which is what a lot of us grew up on in the Joe Gibbs heyday, the Joe Jackson Gibbs heyday of the 80s. Warthogs is also interesting because Warthogs apparently is a military uh plane of some kind, too. Also throws back to the Hogs. But they don't want a clever nickname, apparently. I always thought the Washington Power. I was on Radio D.C. with Reese Waters the other day. I was like, hey, how about the Washington Power? He's like, that name sucks. <laughs> I was like, I think it's the greatest name ever. Power, come on, man. But anything throwback to the Hogs, I would love. I don't want to do a Washington football team nickname radio. But that's all they talk about in D.C. on the radio is what the nickname is. So the leader is apparently, and Joe Theismann may have given it away yesterday, it's going to be some kind of military name. At least that's the conventional wisdom. And it's, I, we, I think it's Commanders over Armada, which, how bad is Commanders, man? Oh, God. Just horrible. Dan Bespers, ladies and gentlemen, for something a little different, a little NBA, best audio in the business. Also wearing a, a random minor league baseball hat. What you got there, Dano? <laughs> this is the Lake Elsinore Storm. By the way, the Commanders is. is horrible. Horrible. Just oh. horrible. So many choices. You could do so many things. I'd I'd rather leave it Washington football team. I kind of like that throwback feel. I totally want that. Just keep it as it is. Don't make it's us cool. upset. I, I this is what my life has come to, man. I'm, I'm rooting for the Commanders. Is that what's happening? <laughs> oh my god! You, are, I'll be wearing a Commanders minor league baseball hat yeah. before you know it. I like that hat, man. All right, let's look at some. You and I, we went through a whole bunch of award markets last week in the NBA. Let's look at divisions. Because this, there might be some value here on some stuff, especially as we approach the trade deadline. Trade deadline is in nine days. Now that we're in February, nine days away um, could be the weakest trade deadline ever. We'll see. We'll see if Ben Simmons gets dealt. And let's talk about the Ben Simmons thing for a second. And we look at it through the prism of the NBA Atlantic division odds, where the Brooklyn Nets, who still just can't seem to get all three guys on the court at the same time, they're at minus 130 to win this division. Joel Embiid playing out of his mind. He is now the MVP short shot. The Sixers are plus 110. And then you see everybody else in the division. And so I I sort of ask you, like, is the Sixers not the bet here, especially if you think they're going to get something for Ben Simmons in a trade? Which is a big if, I get it. But isn't that the play here? Yes. Hard yes. I'm, uh, as I was writing notes down last night to make sure I didn't forget anything on today's show... Uh, the one that really jumped out is that the Sixers are not, not the favorite. They're not that far behind. They're relatively close. It's minus 130 and what, like plus 110 or something? I think it's on the screen here for you. Plus 110. Um, so it's not that far of a separation, but the Sixers are actually in front of the Nets right now. A couple of notes on this division, though, and you can, you know, cut me off because I have a tendency to monologue a little Please. bit here. Monologue. Um, I actually see a little bit of value on Boston at 25 to one uh, Boston, some of this Boston who is five games back right now, five games right. back Sixers one and so, a half over the nets five over the Raptors and the Celtics. Here's my harebrained thinking on this. I don't think it's li- it's likely. And the reason it's not likely, you know, that's why it's 25 to one uh, Philadelphia has one of the toughest schedules of any team the rest of the way. 
And Joel Embiid is a bit injury prone. He's been able to mostly stay on the court this year. Did miss some games towards the beginning of the year. Brooklyn. We know KD's not coming back until after the trade deadline. But to their credit, this the schedule for Brooklyn is a little bit easier leading up to the deadline than it is coming out of it. So they will likely have their guys back when they have the tougher part of their schedule. But here's where things flip. Boston has a much easier schedule than Brooklyn and Philadelphia. They actually play uh, against Brooklyn and Philly in the not too distant future. And then Boston has like four games with the Pistons almost in a row in the next month. They actually have a chance if they play well going into the the, uh, all-star break to get within two or three games of those teams. And then you know, you're still climbing a couple teams. You're still dealing with KD coming back. But at 25 to one, if you said, hey, start a March, you got a team that's two and a half games out of first place in the division. Would you take 25 to one? I'd say, yeah. And then Philly is certainly the safer of the the, the, the less crazy underdog play on the board there. Um, but their schedule is really tough. The Sixers have a gauntlet to run through. Yeah, interesting. Twenty-five to one on the Celtics based on based on schedule. Well, let's go to the uh, let's go to the Central. We'll go back to Ben Simmons in a minute because I want to get your thoughts on that. But Central Division odds, uh, it's a three-headed monster in the Central: Bucks, Bulls, and Cavaliers, all uh, up there. Two of those teams are not like the other. Pacers and Pistons way back, but uh, one and a half games separates the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Bucks. Bucks being the team that's one and a half behind the Bulls, um, but it is a log jam up there, and the Bucks. Minus 110, defending NBA champs. Bulls 2-1. to one, And the Cavaliers, the upstart Cavs, at 3-1 to one to win this division. What do you like here? I'm going to go crazy again, and I'm going to say the Cavaliers. And again, it's heavily based on schedule stuff. I think that this is something that gets overlooked a bit. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland has the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way. They're just floating through cake teams from now until the end of the year. And... Somewhat secretly, I don't think people have noticed, Cleveland has one of the best point differentials in the NBA, provided you wipe out the Warriors and the Suns, because they're on a a planet all of their own in that one. The Cavaliers are a good team. My fear with this one, and and I'd be diving in face first on Cleveland, my fear is that they're without Ricky Rubio for the year, they're without Colin Sexton for the year, they've been pretty uh, closed off in Lowry Markkinen's status, they're calling it a high ankle sprain, but then they're also calling him day-to-day, so something isn't connecting there do they run out of gas at some point but machine chicago they've struggled defensively and now they're without lonzo ball and alex caruso two of their better defenders for the next two months and then the bucks are just kind of sleepwalking you're an nba champ you know you're going to walk into the playoffs so it's going to come down to whether or not they care enough to go on a little run here i do think there's some value with the Cavs, much and actually even more extreme than in boston's case cleveland plays cake teams the rest of the way. They have a ton of games with sub 500 clubs. They've actually played relatively well against some of the better teams they've gone against this year. They've been, uh, they're 17, 11 in conference They're five and three against their division. And they have these games within the division as well. They've got two more with the bulls. They've got one more with the bucks. Cleveland picks up a win in one of those games, two of those games. They're right there, ready to go. And at an underdog price, I think there's some value there. Yeah, to your point, I have Milwaukee with the hardest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA with the opponent's yeah. uh, combined win percentage of 542. And uh, in the case of the Cavaliers, as you mentioned, fourth easiest, 479 opposing win percentage 
That's a big, that's a big yeah. gap between those two. Over 30 games, that's that's meaningful, right? That's a meaningful. And by the way, right now, the Bucks are the team, you know, who's one and a half back. Just a little incremental thing to note as well. Let's do one more. I'm not sure this is as bettable, but let's see what's next here. We got 30 seconds here before the break. This would be the, I'm guessing the Southeast is going to come up. Yes. Heat, yeah. big favorites. It should be that, right? It should be that. Yeah, they've built up this lead largely without Jimmy Butler and without Bam Adebayo. So they're better than 32 and 19. They just win, man. The Heat just win. They plug in whoever. Caleb Martin will go nuts. Max Struess will go nuts. Duncan Robinson will go nuts. The next guy will just always do the right thing. They're very, very, very well coached. They just win, and they've done it without their superstars. This division isn't even as close as it looks. All right, despite them getting housed last night, the uh, the Heat. Uh, we'll come back. Dan Bespris, we'll talk Ben Simmons with him. Got some picks tonight, perhaps, in the NBA. See what other bets we can find. Dan Bespris right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three pointer is made in the game you wager on, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada skill Alexander Dan Bespris who you can follow on Twitter at Dan B-E-S-B-R-I-S the host of the Fantasy NBA Today podcast uh, the new website is once again Sports ethos. Really nerding it up over here. Sportsethos.com. Uh, oh, for, yeah. all, for all of Dano's stuff. Uh, okay. Let's let's continue with some of these divisions. I, I thought, well, those are probably the most bettable, but some of these might be interesting to you. How about the NBA Northwest, where the Jazz just found out they lost Joe Ingles? So that's huge. Jazz are minus eight hundred. The Nikola Jokic let New Jay. The Denver Nuggets are 5-1, to one, and then everybody else. Is there a Nuggets bet here at all? Yeah, I mean, so the Nuggets bet here is whether you think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell miss another week of basketball. And I actually do think Gobert misses another week. He's dealing with a calf strain. There was this weird 
I think maybe misplaced optimism or just sort of kind of given us bad information or just the information that they wanted us to hear. Calf strains are never as fast as the the player wants them to be. So when Rudy Gobert said, I'll be back in a couple of days, I think we all knew that was kind of fluff. They're not that great without Gobert. I know he gets picked on in the playoffs, but in the regular season, they lose games when they don't have him in the middle. Hassan Whiteside, I know on the box score doesn't look that different, but on the actual court, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a change for them. So there's a chance here that if those guys aren't back, the Nuggets might be in front of Utah by the end of this week. And at that price, I, you almost kind of have to, although you can make the argument, you could wait a little bit and, you know, wait until you hear whether Gobert is questionable or if Donovan Mitchell is getting close, maybe it flips and there ends up being value on the jazz going back the other way. But right now, I think you got to think about the Nuggets. They play each other tomorrow. Yeah, There's a chance Denver could pass them tomorrow. Yeah, they're tied in the loss column, right? Where the Nuggets are, what, a half game behind the Jazz right now? Yeah, no, one one full game, one game right? Yeah. 30 and 21 and 28 and 21. Ingles is done for the year. I'm no physician, but usually when you blow out your knee, you're done. Um, and you still have Nikola Jokic. Like, I don't, I don't get that price. And by the way, if you look at strength of schedule, which we've uh, tried to sort of highlight, not not really a huge difference. Utah's is incrementally harder, though. 506 remaining uh, win percentage strength of schedule. For Denver, it's 489. So you're talking the 13th versus the 23rd. So even that's in favor of the Nuggets. I mean, these are kind of, these division markets are pretty bettable to me, by and large. Yeah, completely agree. I, Denver was one that I also looked at last night, and I was trying to figure out how the schedules align. The only fear for me is, you know, do you make this bet before or after they play tomorrow? Denver is in right. Minnesota tonight, I believe. So it's kind of a tough back-to-back Minnesota to Utah. But again, Utah likely without Gobert. Donovan Mitchell is sort of up in the air. I think he cleared the first threshold on the concussion protocol, but he's not all the way out of it yet. If those guys are out, Denver has a chance to jump them. And at a pretty sizable underdog right now, despite, again, being maybe one day away from leading the division, it's crazier to me that Utah is minus 800 than it is that Denver is plus 400 in right. this one. That's a huge price on a team missing both of its superstars. Um, these yeah, are, absolutely. The, Denver Nuggets. Yeah, these are available at BetMGM Nevada as well. Uh, any others that interest you here, uh, Dano? Like Pacific Division or anything? Or the, were those the ones? That's kind of the ones. Yeah. The only other one I would note is that uh, Memphis is, I think they're minus 500 right now. Um, I actually wonder if they might that they should be higher than that. And I would never advocate, you know, putting five to win one on a team, but the Grizzlies are five games up on the Mavericks and Memphis has the easiest schedule in the entire NBA the rest of the way. It's just too much time to, to have money locked up on something that's that bad of an odds. Cause what yeah. if Ja goes down again, but again, they won the last time Morant was hurt. There's just something about that that says Memphis probably ends the season farther in front of Dallas than they are right now. Uh, but again, I, I can't possibly ask someone to lay five to win one. I just think it should be higher. Yeah, you're right. Memphis, easiest schedule the rest of the way. Opponents strike the schedule 450 in their final 29 games for the Memphis Grizzlies. And by the way, I refuse to believe that my John Morant MVP ticket is dead. Like, I refuse. Watch him last night, and you're just like, this dude is incredible. He did have a lot of turnovers. He had nine turnovers, I believe, in the end. But it's just, usually in crunch time, he he's like, I'm not passing the ball if I don't have to. It's all me. He did pass at the end, and Memphis <laughs> missed a shot at the end. But in regulation, there was just no, you know, it was like, ah, this is my play. He, he's incredible, man. 
He steps up in the biggest moments and biggest games. You got to love a player that always goes big when everybody's watching. That's a good sign going forward. Yeah. What so um so Ben Simmons then? What do you think? I mean, we we haven't we we've put this on the shelf for a long time. But now we're 9 days away from the trade deadline. What do you think happens here? Do you think they move him? I don't. I you think don't. he's staying put. I think I think Maury's asking a lot. I think he wants to set the market on his guy, and I think he wants to make sure teams know he's not going to get pushed around. They're a good team as is. Uh, I think it's a little like they should try to go for it, especially this year. I was going to say, Dano, isn't that, isn't that malpractice, though? Because you have this. We were just talking about windows in the NFL, right? Oh, Josh Allen, he'll be back every year. We don't know that. Right, Patrick no. Mahomes, they've only won one Super Bowl in Kansas City. Their window might be shutting way quicker than we think. You know, and I just think about Embiid is is full on height of power Embiid right now. Don't you have to get something for Simmons right now? I would, yeah, but I don't know. I I'm I'm less worried about how I look long term. Can Dan be fleeced long term? Is a thing that I know teams are worried about. They don't want to yeah. be the team that's not going to get the right return. It was sort of the Danny Ainge calling card in Boston. He didn't pull the trigger on how many six, seven, eight trades it became. Oh, Boston was very close, but didn't actually make the trade because they had to win by so much. Sometimes it's more important to just get a thing that helps your team. I think they should, but I don't think they do. It's fascinating, right? Because we see it in the NFL, the Rams. The Rams went all in, and it's worked out for them. And you almost have to applaud them. You're like, hey, you got to the Super Bowl. Even if they lose now, I'm like, you did what you did. You got to a Super Bowl. You can't knock them for that. And I think about the Sixers, and I'm not saying they're going to win the NBA championship, but you have this moment where it's like, okay, you don't want to get fleeced long term. I get it. By the way, I'm not so sure you're going to because I'm not sure he's that great. But yeah, let's just say time. there's that too, right? But let's just say for argument's sake, you think you're going to get fleeced long term. But isn't this kind of your moment where the Nets are just so shaky? You don't know if those three are ever going to come together. Uh, obviously, Kyrie, we have no reason to believe he's going to play any home games, whether it's postseason uh, or regular season at this point. We'll see when KD comes back. We'll see about Hart. I mean, I don't know. I just think you do something at this point. Something. Yeah, you're you're a good player away from being the favorites in the East, I would think right now. Not forget the actual record, just even betting market. And yeah, you're probably going to run up against a Warriors or Suns buzzsaw in the finals. But man, if you can get to the finals, anything can happen. Yeah. What if Steph got hurt? What if Chris Paul got hurt? Well, that's the why the team for, that's healthiest usually wins anyway. For betters, it's such a conundrum, right? It's like, okay, do I get ahead of these this this trade deadline, thinking they're going to move Simmons, either bet them division, bet them conference, whatever it is you want to bet them. Division, obviously, I think is the best. Um, yeah. Because, you know, who knows if the Nets will even care down the stretch, right, of, of an NBA regular season. I think that's the best bet on the board. I think you do get ahead of that. And even if they don't move Simmons, you're somewhat comfortable with that bet. Yeah, I think they're the they're the favorite to win that division, even if they don't make a Ben Simmons yeah. trade as well. I only threw Celtics out there because I thought twenty five to one on a team that no, actually I, has I a totally chance get to get back into it. Totally get it. Uh, yeah, if they make the Ben Simmons trade, then you got a real good ticket on your hands. But I, I agree with you. Even if they don't, I think they probably win that division. All right, seven games tonight, including Brooklyn at Phoenix. What do you got? I was hoping to fade the Nets. They've looked listless to me, but that's kind of a big number. So let's go disgusting tonight. Shall we, shall we have a play that makes you nauseated? Here it is. Plays that make you um, want to vomit. The Dan Bespin special. Like the Pistons. I oh. like the Pistons as a favorite. Yes, it's a foolish series of words to say in a row, but I like the Pistons as a favorite. I think the Pelicans are a mess without Brandon Ingram. Uh, normally, I don't bet on a team getting guys back, and that does 
give me a little bit of pause with with Detroit. They're getting Kelly Olynyk and Jeremy Grant back on the same night. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be sort of a, a rested element to those guys. We saw Linux did play a little before he went back into protocols for a week and a half. Um, this is mostly a fade on New Orleans. They're just not a team that can close without Brandon Ingram. They're a completely different team with and without. Uh, and I think Detroit wins this ball game. And I, I think the fact that they're a favorite is already kind of leaning that way. Like you're being led on by a number. <laughs> it's a little gross. Don't lead me it. on, Dano. No, I actually <laughs> Drew Drew Dinsick was on earlier, and he said I kind of like Detroit. I just don't want to say it, you know, out loud. He was kind of like, I don't want any part of it. Got to just make him make yeah. him nauseated. That's a, that's our move here. All right, the Pistons are the play. Corroborated by Dano here. Um, oh. Well, I feel sick. Is that what we were supposed to do? Yeah, that's good. Hey, we're all on a vomit a little. Thank you, Dano. I, by the way, I feel a little queasy every time I see that Zion commercial with him eating the chips and drinking and playing video oh, games. Oh, yeah. Oops. It's terrible. <laughs> Coming back, Jeff Schwartz, Greg Peterson, and more. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 